episode 785. The Green Bay Packers are hosting defensive lineman Ricky Jean-Francois on a free agent visit. But first, we'll talk NFL Draft with Emery Hunt of Football Game Plan. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, and we're talking free agency in the NFL draft on today's episode. To do that, we're going to be joined by a guest momentarily. He's Emery Hunt of FootballGamePlan.com, and we'll welcome into the show. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? Joining us right now on Railbird Central is Emery Hunt, founder and CEO of FootballGamePlan.com. Mr. Hunt, how are you today? I'm doing fine. I appreciate you guys having me on. We're glad to have you on the show. Uh, We'll be going with a running back theme for today's episode, and we'll set the table with this, Emery. Which running backs do you absolutely positively think will not be available by the time the Green Bay Packers pick at number 29 overall in the first round? That's a great question. I think the only back that I can say definitively that won't be there is probably a guy in Leonard Fournette. But I do think there's a chance, uh, depending on what the Giants and Raiders do, uh, either in free agency or in the draft at their selections, I think there's a good chance you may have Delvin Cook and also Christian McCaffrey right there for Green Bay to select. Interesting answer in that the only one we're guaranteeing is Fournette. So I guess with that in mind, who do you think is the next in line with the Packers potentially might have a chance to select? You know, if it came down to you between Cook and, and, and McCaffrey, who would it be? I think McCaffrey fits what they like to do. They love versatile players. We've seen that with Randall Cobb, Ty Montgomery, um, you know, guys like that. Even with even with guys, let's say, like a Jeff Dennis. You know, he can play all positions as well as Devontae Adams. So, like versatility. And when you look at the backfield, they're getting basically two players in one and a guy in McCaffrey. So I think he probably fits the mold uh, best, more so than Delvin Cook. I think this brings up a good discussion here because in Green Bay, there's a lot of attention on McCaffrey because A, his brother's on the team, and B, his former Stanford teammate, Ty Montgomery, is on the roster. And, you know, as as you mentioned, they're both that versatile type of back, good receiver, returnability. But do you think the Packers would benefit from having both a player like that and McCaffrey and Montgomery on the roster at the same time? I think so. And to me, I, I'm still in the camp of belief that Ty Montgomery is a better receiver than he is a running back. And I think getting a guy like McCaffrey would allow Edgar Bennett and Mike McCarthy to be a little bit more creative in how they utilize Montgomery and They'll create much more or you know, many more advantages to their side because of it. Because now him in the backfield, you kind of limited to what you can do. He's not going to run inside like you would see a McCaffrey do because he's McCaffrey is a traditional running back while Montgomery is a receiver turned running back. So I think with Montgomery and McCaffrey on the roster, it allowed Montgomery to be more of that 
that hybrid role, which would allow him to be much more valuable and, and much more diverse offensively, I think this would help him. That's why he keeps that number eight even. I think that would help him go back to more of a receiver role as opposed to trying to depend on him being a down-to-down runner, which you can get in McCaffrey. Interesting thoughts on that. Just uh, good to hear somebody else's opinion. Uh, Elvin Kamara is a popular pick in mock drafts for the Green Bay Packers, at least among some people. What do you make of his skill set and what are your impressions of him? I mean, he's a decent player, but I don't think Elvin Kamara is no better than Elijah McGuire of the Raging Cajuns. So if it were me and I had to choose between someone outside of those top three, I'm looking at a guy like Kareem Hunt. I'm looking at a guy like Jamal Williams, Samaje P. Ryan. I'm even looking at a guy like Tariq Cohen of North Carolina A&T. All before I look at a guy like um, Elvin Kamara, even Aaron Jones out of UTEP or Donnell Pumphrey or James Thomas. I mean, I, there's a bunch of backs I would rather have as opposed to, to Kamara. I know Kamara tested well athletically, but it didn't translate on the film at, at Tennessee. So, you know, I just think that he's, people are making him, they like the idea of what he possibly could bring. But in actuality, he doesn't bring more to the table than Elijah McGuire did, who was much more productive with the Raging Cajuns. Once again, just interesting to hear your thoughts as compared to some other people's that, you know, some people, you know, think he's as high as a first-round draft pick, and, and you've got him more bunched up with uh, some of the running backs lower down the the pecking order, so to speak. Uh, we're talking to Emery Hunt of FootballGamePlan.com here at Railbird Central on a Monday. Uh, Emery, the, the Packers lost Eddie Lacy in free agency. So so if they wanted another big back, you know, the 230-plus pounds on their roster, you know, one of the names that comes to my mind is Samaj P. Ryan. Do you think he compares to Lacy at all? I don't think he compares to Lacey, but I like the fit there. To me, Samaji Kiran is he reminds me a lot of, of Duke Staley uh, when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles and how he used to run those short, choppy steps, kind of a, a bowling ball type back, and he was consistent. And you know what you're going to get out of him. He's going to get you four to four and a half yards of carry, which is great. He keeps that offense on pace. And that's a guy that you like to see paired with a Ty Montgomery, who reminds me of the guy he played with at Oklahoma. It's Bill Mixon, because I think both guys are more receivers than runners, um, but you need a guy that is more of a runner than anything, and that's the Maji T. Ron. I think he would be a great fit for Green Bay. Well, well, that leads me right into my next question here. How do you think P. Ryan's former teammate Joe Mixon will be impacted by his background and issues and the misdemeanor he was charged with, and, and how high do you think he'll end up going in the NFL draft? I, I believe, let's just say from a skills perspective, Joe Mixon, to me, is similar to Ty Montgomery. I think he, you know, if, if we're grading Ty Montgomery as a pure running back, I think Mixon is about a second-round-ish, third-round talent. Um, Off-the-field issues going to push him down a little bit, but I think on the field he goes down a little bit too easily for a guy that's 225 pounds. You know, you expect a guy that's tall and big to be able to power through some arm tackles, and he really doesn't. I don't think his vision is there for – his natural vision is there for a running back to be an elite talent. Um, so I think he's probably around a, a second to third round value uh, talent-wise, but he probably will go in round four. I know some people will say he's first-round hype. Again, I don't I don't see where the explosiveness is coming from. I see the versatility, but I don't see that, that wow factor that you get from a, a Cook or a Fournette or even a McCaffrey. 
Yeah, fair enough. Uh, let's talk a little bit about pro days that are going on right now as we speak. On Tuesday, though, uh, yesterday, Marlon Mack took part in his pro day workout at South Florida. When do you think he'll come off the board? I think for Marlon Mack, he's probably off the board around that fourth or fifth round area. I mean, he's a he's a one-dimensional runner, in my opinion. He, he has that speed. Um, but his vision is, is not where it needs to be. You see a lot of this coming from back uh, nowadays that, that have played predominantly in spread offenses. They don't have the, the reps to train their eyes to be able to find holes and, and field blocking assignments. It's either hit this lane, if it's not there, bounce it outside. And I think that has kind of ruined a lot of backs, uh, so to speak, from a vision perspective. And Mac, to me, he's more like Darren McFadden. If there's a lane there, he has acceleration of speed to hit through it. But he doesn't break tackles, and he doesn't necessarily is able to create his own shot, so to speak. So I think for that skill set, you're probably going to see that come off the board fourth or fifth round. Okay, so looking ahead to Wednesday's pro day action, James Conner of Pittsburgh works out. Um, he's been an inspirational story uh, because he overcame cancer. But, Emery, do, do you think teams will shy away from him at all because of that, because he had cancer? I hope not because, as, as, you know, he has a clean bill of health over the last what, two testings he, he has done, um, so he's been cancer-free. And I think on the field he has that upside because people forget, man, he played DN as well as a freshman. So he's still filling out the position of himself. But he was seen going toward what could possibly have been a Heisman Trophy season but got injured and didn't have the cancer. So he's still only in, let's say, his third year of playing running back completely. Because of the freshman, he played both sides of the ball. So I think when you look at his skill set, he, he has the vision, he has the power, um, he can catch the football in the backfield. He has the complete back skill set. He's not the fastest or the most explosive, but if you pair him with, let's say, Ty Montgomery, since we're talking Packers, I think that's a good fit for him as well. Very interesting. Uh, we ran the gamut here from the first-round prospects to the mid-round guys. Emery, thanks so much for your perspective. Uh, you have anything to promote, uh, your next podcast, or anything at footballgameplan.com? Well, they could, people could check out our um, prospect rankings videos. We graded over 530 prospects in our videos by position. So that's at footballgameplan.com slash scouting. Follow me on Twitter at Football Game Plan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash football game plan. And be sure to check out our two football game plan books, Football, A Love Story, and What Did Football Teach Me, where we interviewed over 100 current and former players and coaches about what they love about the game, why they stay involved, and what the game means to them. They can find that on our website at footballgameplan.com slash book. Very cool. We'll send our listeners your way. Emery, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Keep up the good work, and we'd love to have you back on again sometime. Good time, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Take care. What the hell's going on out here? I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment. Thanks to Emery Hunt for joining us on the show as we continue on, the biggest news coming out in the past 24 hours in the world of the Green Bay Packers is that defensive lineman Ricky Jean-Francois will make a free agent visit to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, that was shared by the player himself on social media on Tuesday. 
No signing is imminent just yet, or at least that I'm aware of. Uh, Jean-Francois is entering his ninth year in the NFL, spending the past two seasons in Washington before being released last week. Uh, The fact that he was released is notable in the compensatory draft pick formula, meaning he won't cancel out any of the players departing Green Bay for new teams, so the Packers still, as of this moment, should be getting that full complement of four extra draft picks next year. Um, But if we're we're going to break down Ricky Jean Francois, what he is is a reliable veteran presence that's going to provide depth on the defense of the line on the on the defensive line in Titletown. Uh, in six out of the past seven seasons, he's played in all sixteen games, so you can count on him to be available game in and game out, and that's extremely important. I think the Packers kind of look for that kind of player. You, even when they signed Julius Peppers to you know when when they originally signed him. Even when he was 34 years old when the Packers signed him, he's the type of guy that was always available, and Jean-Francois is the same way. Uh, He's not going to be the type of guy that's going to get you a ton of sacks. His single-season career high is three sacks, and usually he's right around two or so. Uh, But he is going to be a rotational run-stuffer and someone you can play when in short yardage situations. Now, the Packers need depth on the defensive line for several reasons, the most prominent of which is the recently announced suspension to Latroy Guyon. In fact, it's possible the Packers sign, if the Packers sign Jean Francois, they could release Guyon, uh, although there's no rush for the Packers to do so after Guyon restructured his contract and the bonuses and when they were due. Uh, the Packers could still release him at any time until his reinstatement four games into the regular season and still be no worse off financially. Uh, so, you know, there's really no motivation uh, unless they really want to dump him to get rid of him. They can always keep him as an insurance policy. And if somebody gets injured down the road, it, you know, they got guy on in their back pocket. Um, so, so, but, uh, Come back to Ricky Jean-Francois. He could certainly help the Packers fill in the void while Guyon is gone. But beyond that, the Packers just need depth. You you look at the two guys that are penciled into the starting lineup, you know, Mike Daniels and last year's first-round draft pick, Kenny Clark. And the Packers in them seem to be in fine shape. But what happens if just one of those two players gets injured? There are no proven options on the defensive line, especially after Julius Peppers and Dayton Jones departed in free agency. You know, the Packers certainly hope Dean Lowry and Brian Price and Christian Ringo that they're going to help the team um, or any rookie that they bring in. But, But in the grand scheme of things, none of them has proven themselves beyond a doubt so far. So for the right price, signing Jean Francois makes sense for the Packers. Now all we can do is wait and see. Uh, like I said, nothing is imminent, but we continue to watch because this is an evolving story that just kind of came about last night uh, on Tuesday evening when Jean Francois himself took to Twitter and shared the news that he was making a free agent visit to Green Bay. And by the way, this is already his third. He's he's reportedly already visited 
the division rival Chicago Bears and the Seattle Seahawks. Hasn't signed anywhere yet, uh, so we'll see what happens. In other Packers news, linebacker Joe Thomas signed his exclusive rights tender with the Packers on Monday, making it official that he'll be back for another season. Like all exclusive rights tenders, they're for one year, uh, but Thomas is definitely worth bringing back. I think he took a big step forward in 2016. He's still not an ideal three-down inside linebacker, but he played quite well down the stretch for the Packers during that time period when both Jake Ryan and Blake Martinez were battling injuries and the Packers basically had nowhere else to turn. Um, Now, ideally, Joe Thomas is a dime package linebacker that isn't on the field in running situations, but he can do it in a pinch, and the Packers were in a pinch this past season. If he can somehow make as big of a jump from 2016 to 2017 that he did from 2015 to 2016, then he'll really be cooking with fire. So like, there, there's no hurt in bringing Joe Thomas back at all. He's, he, at, at the very least, he's, he's a dime linebacker and a guy who can help you out on special teams. And, it, you know, it, at worst, you, you know, he's a full-time linebacker who at least now has the experience and has done it before, even if he isn't a highly productive, you know, Pro Bowl type of, of player. Uh, but he's proven himself that he can handle it. And uh, uh, I, I hope he continues to develop because he really has since since coming to the Green Bay Packers. You know, he spent one basically season on the practice squad. Then he had his rookie season two years ago. And it's just been taking steps ever since. So it's good to see out of him uh, at the very least. One more minor note here in our Packers news segment was a report by Aaron Wilson of the National Football Post who said the Packers are showing interest in former former Arizona Cardinals defensive back Josh Hill, not to be confused by the New Orleans Saints tight end by the same name. Uh, Now, the report merely said showing interest. So again, nothing imminent here. But it is interesting that the Packers, or any team for that matter, are showing interest at all in Josh Hill. He came out of the University of California in 2013, and Hill signed with the Arizona Cardinals as an undrafted free agent, but he was later cut in training camp and has been out of the NFL ever since. So three full seasons, basically four full regular seasons have come and gone since he's been in the NFL. Uh, Wilson shared a video of Hill working out and and he may very well be in good shape and trying to make this comeback. And it may very well be the case that the Packers have a need at the cornerback position, but Hill would seem to be an unlikely fit. Uh, He measured in at under five foot 11 coming out of college and his 40 time of 4.69 seconds does little to instill confidence at a position that requires more speed than that at the NFL level. Uh, These numbers coming from NFLDraftScout.com, who keeps track of of this sort of thing, you know, numbers coming out of their pro day workouts, things like that. Um, Is it possible 
Hill has become a workout warrior and has shaved fractions of a second off his 40 time. Maybe slightly, uh, but this still seems like an unusual signing if it were to happen. Uh, but as I usually say, when off-season rosters are at 90 players, there's very little hurt in taking a chance on someone. If the Packers truly feel he's worth a look, they can always sign him and cut him down the road and be no worse off as long as they don't give him any guaranteed money. And I, I guarantee you they wouldn't give Josh Hill any guaranteed money on his contract. It would be if he makes the roster, he'll he'll earn it week to week. Um, so we'll see if anything because becomes of this, but it was a interesting report that came out a few days ago, uh, that, uh, that we're tracking now, uh, and we'll see if anything happens, but next segment, the day ahead. All right. So first and foremost, the Packers are apparently hosting Ricky Jean Francois on his free agent visit on Wednesday, but we've already broken that down in depth. Here's the pro day schedule on Wednesday. The following universities are hosting workout events in front of NFL scouts. They include Pittsburgh, USC, Michigan State, Mississippi State, Cincinnati, Duke, UConn, UMass, Central Florida, Fresno State, and a host of other smaller schools hosting them as well. Sometimes they kind of team up with bigger schools in the area um, and just host you know, one big event where you know if you go to a, a big school, there might be one or two smaller school guys there just so scouts don't have to travel all over the place and they can kind of you know kill two birds with one stone, so to speak, at a pro day event. Uh, here's my usual disclaimer. Packers scouts are guaranteed to be in attendance at several of these events on Wednesday, although maybe not every single one. The team doesn't publish which pro days their scouts attend, but there's plenty of talent to check out, especially at a big-time program like USC, where guys like Juju Smith-Schuster and Addery Jackson um, uh, or Adoree Jackson will be working out. And, and the previously mentioned pro day at Pittsburgh, where running back James Conner will be on display. So that's what's going on in the world of the Green Bay Packers today. And that does it for today's episode of Railbird Central, which airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's the live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us today. Um, if, if you're the type of person who w- listens to it live, I apologize. There was no live episode of Railbird Central today. Uh, because of issues at live stream and their platform, I don't know what happened. We just couldn't do a live episode, but I still wanted to record it, get it up. Uh, you'll just have to listen to it on demand or uh, on, on download, however you listen to your podcast. So uh, glad we were still able to do it. Just no live edition today. Hopefully we'll get that fixed and we'll be back to normal on Friday. Uh, So we'll see you then. On behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Caribou. We'll see you later, folks. I leave you today with a song called Believe the Lie by Umphreys McGee on Psy Fidelity Records. See you later, everyone. Go Pack Go.